Hello, and welcome to The Vinyl Floor. I'm Christian. And I'm Randy. How are you doing, Randy? Doing good, man. We good. Uh, had a busy week, and then there was also that uh, the hoax of the, the aliens from Peru. That was, uh, you know, kind of discredited our, our previous excitement about the uh, UAP disclosure. Yeah. It's pretty wild that it was, it was, this one was so wide, like, uh, yeah. in a, in such a government and political sense. Um, I got to admit, seeing them though, I was like, nah, that's not real. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty skeptical at first anyways, and then pretty... With very few Google searches, you could find that that guy has already like claimed uh, about these absurd stuff same before, yeah. ones too. Yeah, in a lot of instances, being like, "No, these are real," and they're like, "No, we've already tested this shit. It's not real." Yeah, uh, yeah, they're kind of creepy though. But yeah. no, they're freaky looking. They're they're freaky looking little guys. <laughs> uh, I just want to. I I don't understand. Hmm. If the UAP shit is real, like they're saying it is and people have had legitimate experiences, why isn't it with the people who want it so badly, who are so open to it? Yeah. Like myself, you. Uh, I feel you. Uh, why? I don't know, but you know what's weird? Um, I've mentioned to you uh, off pod that I've, I've been on a dating app recently. Yes. And two, the last two people that I've gone on dates with have both mentioned that they have had, uh, UF- they've seen UFOs before. Which, you know, they could just be seeing something, a you know, face. they didn't necessarily say like it was like aliens or anything creepy, but they definitely said that like, I saw something like out in the woods in Georgia and I couldn't explain it. And I was with friends. Hmm. And the friends would back this up. Probably. Yeah. I haven't met their friends, but yeah, it's interesting. Have you met their parents? I haven't. <laughs> Good movie, uh, <laughs> um, I've had what I would consider like like ghost shit experiences. Hell yeah. But no alien nonsense. Unless it's all tied together. Cuz I mean, who knows? Yeah. Sure. Maybe it's all tied together. Like we found notes that we have no idea whose handwriting. And like you you rent houses so like some things yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. okay sir but like they were odd. You got a a ghost story situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I note and hides it in the like door, like jam or whatever. Yeah, ours was on. Uh, uh, so we had this attic that would pull down from the ceiling with one yeah. of those ladders. And uh, when we moved in, we were moving stuff up and down that thing, and it was pretty rickety. Moving stuff stuff up and down it constantly, just putting storage up there because it was a really tiny house. Uh, and then one day I pulled it down, and there was a sticky note on the ladder step saying right side is stronger with an arrow pointing that we had never seen that sticky note before weird and then we found uh uh i said i called the ghost papa papa's in the house (laughs) uh uh hannah didn't like that i named it uh but there was like a uh Mima and Papa thing like sign up in the attic pointing down and I was huh. like okay was that where like who lived here who's how yeah it was it was odd maybe so. you had a uh, a frogging situation the hell uh, have you seen that movie I see you I think 
Oh no! It's like where someone, like, say, I have a spare bedroom, which I do. Uh, someone's Uh-oh. hiding out in it, and like they. That's stay what that there. movie's about. Sort of, yeah. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, why but, is it called frogging? I don't know. I think it's. I think it might even be. Is it spelled like ph? I'm not sure. I may may have made that part up, but it's definitely <laughs> called frogging. Um, and it's like where you essentially just hide out in someone's house. Like if they have a huge house, you yeah. hide out in a spare bedroom. They don't see anybody. They don't go in there, and then they come out when everyone is gone, gone. or asleep yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I did consider that. Actually. I've considered that here on a couple of nights where I've heard weird noises before, but it, you know, it's just house creaking or tree branches and stuff like falling or no, it's me. I'm frogging. Whatever. Well, I'm frogging, but I'm wearing frog. really freaky shit. So it would <laughs> scare the hell out of you. It's like Adrian Brody in the village. I'm wearing that shit. Hell yeah. You remember that movie? Sort of. Yeah. I've only seen it the once and then, yeah, yeah. that was I'm not a big bad movie guy. <laughs> <laughs> by the time but we'll we'll report back on a different podcast randy's other podcast the overlook hour yep uh but we're going to see uh cade the tortured crossing uh tomorrow but that's well after well that has passed by the time you are listening to this um but it's a new Neil Breen film. And if you're not, if you don't know what that is, just Google it. I don't have time <laughs> to get into the lore of Neil Breen. But I'm very excited and Randy is very curious. That's how I will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how I'll phrase this. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that right now. We are here to talk about six, another fucking six albums. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah. It was, I honestly thought this was, I don't want to s- start off negative immediately. But I thought it might be a little bit of a chore. Okay, yeah. Uh, it's a lot just listening to like five albums of just one artist. Yeah, wait till in, next week. A week anyways, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait till next week. Uh, yes, and that's why I thought it might be a little bit of a chore. Um, I'm happy to report that it really wasn't. I actually thought this was kind of pretty easy to get through. I nice. enjoyed I liked I like Courtney Barnett and I liked her prior to this. I walked away with more of an appreciation cool. for her uh than I had. And Bayside uh is another record that we will discuss as well. Indeed. Uh but yeah, it's a big chunk of Courtney Barnett. It is all of her full lengths, all yep. three of them, as well as a collection of EPs and a split album, a collab album with uh Kurt Vile. But we are going to start with those EPs uh, called The Double EP, A Sea of Split Peas, released in 2013 via House Anxiety Records and Milk Records. Uh, The pressing is from 2014. Randy, how do you feel about these EPs? Were you super familiar with them prior? What's up? Super familiar. uh, Very familiar with Courtney Barnett. If you looked to my left... Uh, for Christian, yes. not any podcast listeners, because you can't watch this. Oh, Tony Molina's on there too. Oh uh, yeah, uh, this is I've seen Corny Barnett several times. I have a poster from the Fillmore in San Francisco from October twenty first, twenty fifteen. Hell yeah! Um, which I think was the second time I saw Corny Barnett. The first I pulled it up um, was in June sixth, twenty fifteen, in Dallas. Cool. I was there for work. And uh, whenever I travel for work or have traveled for work in the past, which used to be much more frequent, I uh, would always just look for shows. And 
I had barely heard of Courtney Barnett then, but I think a couple weeks before, um, the like single from the LP came out and mm-hmm. was like big in NPR and everything. And so that's kind of how I started listening to them. Um, and yeah, I, uh, essentially went backwards after hearing that and then listened to the double EP and, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really take notes on the double EP just because I know a lot of the songs very well and like love a lot of them. I found that the double EP is the one I was least familiar with Okay, of yeah. all of her stuff. Um, and I found the one that I thought I was the least familiar with things take time, take time. I knew way more of that album than, oh, really? I, than I thought I did. Huh. Uh, the, did she release a ton of singles for that? Do you know? I think there's like at least three. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, Jesus Christ, like every other song. I was like, wait, I know this. I thought I, o- I did only knew like one or two songs from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the double EP is a really good encapsulation of like her beginnings. It's awesome. Um, yeah. I will say it's a little long. Sure. Yeah, a little yeah. long. It's like just under an hour. Um, but one of the coolest parts is, cause I don't think I've ever sat with this whole thing or really digested it like this is one of my favorite songs from the Kurt Vile collab is here first. It's oh, one of, it's one of yeah. her songs, which is out of the woodwork and on the Kurt Vile thing, it's called out of the woodwork. Uh, okay. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and hearing it solo and a little bit more stripped back here is really cool. And then hearing it way more produced in the yin and yang of their vocals is really cool uh, later. Um, Avant Gardner, uh, Gardner is, I looked it up to be like, because I was like, okay, this is like the hit from this era. Oh, yeah. uh, that shit has over 50 million streams. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. That's insane. Yeah. That's money, baby. Yep. Wow. Great track. Great lyrics. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are familiar with Courtney Barnett, but she has a very, like the lyrics are sort of like sung sort of deadpan. And it's also very like observational, storytelling. Rambly, I would say. Not negative. I don't mean that negatively. Sort of stream of consciousness, I guess you would say. Yeah. Stream of Um, consciousness. Yeah. Kind of looking around the room and seeing saying what you're seeing type deal yeah uh but it works really well and personally i think she just gets better at it as the albums go on for sure yeah um it's it's fun to hear her kind of getting her sea legs with it on the ep because there are definitely times where you can tell like, okay, this is a mouthful for you to get like all of these words out. Yeah. Um, but she pulls it off and it's great. And uh, like I said, it's it's fun to hear her early stuff knowing where it ends up a little yeah. bit later. You get a uh, Pulp Fiction reference in the song too? Oh, I overlooked that in uh, the lyrics. I get adrenaline straight to the heart. I feel like uh, Uma Thurman post overdosing kickstart. There you go. Yeah. I don't know if I sat with... Uh, this one in particular, I think I was mostly being like, oh, this is the hit. Let me look up why. And then being like 50 million fucking streams. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, I also noted uh, her flow that what you were saying in terms of like the talk singy rambly flow on uh, History Eraser is probably okay. like yeah, my yeah. standout 
on the album. Um, in terms of her delivery, I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think my standout track is actually Anonymous Club. Nice. Yeah, I was going to mention that one next too. Uh, I really love how spacey it is. And it reminds me of like the vibes of Weatherbox tracks like That Man or uh, Is Nice. Okay. Like they're more like, yeah, like spacey style shit. Um, yeah, it's a little more chilled out. It's not really riffy. No. Um, but yeah, it's it's very good. Really, really dug that one. And I do love Out of the Woodwork um, because I know it mostly from the Kurt Vile album. But yeah, uh, on here, it's great. Um, I also learned that Lance Jr. is a rewrite or an adaptation of a Dandy Warhol song. Uh-huh. Didn't know that either. Um, and it and it's inspired by the song Polly by Nirvana. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool little note. Can Tomatoes is great. Love that song a lot too. Great track. I also really liked the chorus of Scotty Says. Um, I got lost somewhere between here and there. I'm not sure what the town was called is the lyric for that. Nice. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought this was fun. This was uh, the longest of everything, but it makes sense since it's a comp. Um, but this was cool. I This and the next album, honestly, are probably my least favorite oh, okay. of her catalog. I think cool. I have a I think I have a hot take on what I on <laughs> the best album is. Well, you always like albums that everyone else hates. So. Yeah, apparently. But does she have a hated no, album? I don't think so. But would you say there's a consensus on the weakest? I don't all? know. I don't think so. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I have some that I listen to More. less, or that I have less affection for because of there isn't as much nostalgia That's as fair. the first LP. Okay. So the first LP is your ride or die. Sort of. Yeah. I feel like it has the most, um, sort of like hits or the most, it feels the most, uh, energy wise that it works a little more for me. It feels a little like punky at times. It feels mm. noisy. It's uh, scrappy a little bit. for sure. It gets, yeah. Like riffy a little bit. Um, a lot more distortion. I feel like. I think it's probably the most varied of yeah, uh, the albums um, pretty much after this one. We are now on to 2015's uh, Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit. Yep. Um, Came out in uh, March 20th, 2015 on Milk Records. And which is Courtney's. minutes. Yeah. Milk is Courtney's uh, record label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to make note of that. Um the first track to really catch me on this, I'd heard this album before, but it's it'd been a minute. So just throwing it back on. Uh, the first one to really catch me was an illustration of loneliness, Sleepless in New York. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Just really dug the hell out of that track. It's the one that like, oh, cool, yeah, I do dig this album type deal. Um, and really dug the, the haziness of Depreston. Love that song. So good. Probably one of my favorite Courtney Barnett songs. It's very in fucking general. Good. Yeah. Um, cool 50s vibes on uh, Aqua Profunda. Yeah. Dig that. Um, Dead Fox is really sick. I don't know. There's, I, I could just kind of go down and be like, this song rules. This song's really good. Know, same. It's like hard for me to, to note either of these albums because yeah, they're just a solid, pretty much through and through. Like I said, there's, a little variation 
Uh, you know, so- songs that are a little, little heavier or a little quicker, and then songs that are a little more chilled out, a little more mellow. Got that uh, sort of like Australian mm. twang sort of to it. Hundred uh, percent. But yeah, the first track I heard from Courtney Barnett was "Pedestrian at Best" because it was ah. big on NPR and sort yep. of like public radio and sort of getting a lot of internet hype. Um, so like I said, that's how I found out about them and ended up buying a ticket to see them at Club Dada in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I believe it was just her, a bassist and a drummer. I have seen her one other time with more musicians. Um, but I think that it being the first show that I've seen her at and it being sort of just like a, a thing that I just did on a work trip really like is a cool memory for yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like I said, I'd only really heard like maybe two or three songs by that time. Um, and yeah, I think I was I've just, only seen her once and yeah. she was opening for the national. Okay. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. I don't think I, I didn't see her on that tour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was super impressed just how her like style of guitar playing, like she plays, you know, with fingers, but it sounds like there's pretty much like two guitars on a yep. lot of songs, but she's playing like the lead and like the rhythm yep. just like from the way that she's doing her finger picking and everything. She's very fucking talented. Yeah. And was, uh, yeah, I was kind of blown away the first time I saw her. So I've kind of stuck with, uh, most of what she's done since, but I will say I, it took me until this listen through to fully solidify the memory that I saw her opening for the national because her performance was what it was that I kept believing I saw her on a headline show. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. Being, I kept thinking they were separate things and i'm like who who opened for the national who opened for courtney barnett and i was like oh wait that's the same fucking show um yeah because she did a great job it was a phenomenal set and i think that was touring tell me how you really feel okay Um, yeah yeah. i think that would make sense around that era uh for me on sometimes i sit and think uh nobody really cares if you don't go to the party is the standout i think that might be the first song I heard by her. Okay. Um, yeah. Great title. I The chorus, I want to go out, but I want to stay home. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on, baby. Uh, yeah, that one uh, really sticks out to me. And I also love the uh, track Debbie Downer. And I wrote that I really love the juxtaposition of the more lazy and rocking songs. Um, uh, but at times the ones that kind of skirt the line in between don't hit as hard. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but overall really solid album. Um, do you have any specific tracks more that you want to call out? I think I had all the same ones. Well, pedestrian at best, which you didn't mention, but depressed in nobody really cares if you don't go to the party. Um, and, uh, Kim's caravan is a longer song, uh, Mm. kind of a little more mellow, but also a good a good track as well she doesn't pretty much she doesn't go past like the five minute mark after this album really interesting yeah yeah i think uh maybe on the kurt vile one um they do but then on her solo albums uh they've gotten shorter yeah which is interesting that's just something i noted because i pay attention to the lengths when we're having to do this shit yeah (laughs) being like how much time do i have to to devote to this are any of your well i i own this one and my record is just a black vinyl do you have any uh the tell me how you really feel is uh a red uh like translucent red nice okay i think i have the same one yeah Yeah. 
Uh, it came in like a Ziploc bag with a uh, uh, tote bag. Okay. Cool. Uh, that may have been a pre-order cr- thing. Criminal Records exclusive. Oh, nice thing, or like an indie store exclusive type thing. Yeah. Um, and the Bayside record is a transparent, uh, translucent green cool. color. I think the rest are just yeah, the rest are just black. But that's all I got in terms of fancy shit. Um, then she releases albums very steadily. So it's 2013, the double EP, uh, 2015, sometimes I sit and think. And then 2017, her and Kurt Vile collaborated to release a lot of sea lice. And had you listened to this prior? Not really. No, I heard maybe one or two of the tracks, but I never really was a big Kurt Vile fan. I'll say that I haven't really given him a ton of chances. Is it his vocals? <laughs> Not really. Okay. No. I, I, it might be too folky for me. Interesting. Okay. Um, but okay. Uh, I think certain albums you would definitely like then. Because sure some are, are probably, a lot yeah. less folky, more rock. And okay. then I would yeah. say his newer stuff leans more that real lazy, real like down home with your kids type <laughs> rock folk shit. Cool. Uh, and I don't mean that. I have not listened to his latest solo album, um, but the one, what is it fucking called? I don't remember. It's got bass Ackwards on it. Uh, that album I love. Um, I love it so much I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> uh, this bef- is definitely my most listened to Courtney Barnett project. Um, Hannah and I love the shit out of this album. We're both Kurt Vile fans, uh, both Courtney Barnett fans. So this is a very good pairing. This is released on a hundred record labels. Um, if you look it up, that's on Matador milk marathon and mom and pop. So that's all distribution shit. It has nothing. It's probably, well, Courtney's on milk cause that's her own and Kurt's sure, on yeah, Matador. Yeah. So they had to do that. Oh, okay. And then yeah. I'm sure Marathon and mom and pop were distributors for the vinyl of some sort. <sighs> it's like when you go see a, a very independent movie these days, you see like six, <laughs> like film, six like uh, yeah. distribution logos or production. Logos. Exactly. Exactly. I think there was a family guy joke about that. Was there really? Uh, there's so. <laughs> a family guy did it first is going to be the new thing. <laughs> it's going to be beyond. We were moving past the Simpsons and it's family guy did it first. Um, I love Kurt Vile, and I really feel that their, uh, styles complement each other, mm-hmm. uh, supremely well. Um, uh, the out of the woodwork version here just feels so like smoky, a lot more lived in. Sure. And I, I feel like that overall is like the vibe of this record is two people who are very much operating on a similar wavelength, just vibing yeah. with each other. Uh, it makes for a breeze, in my opinion. I don't have a standout track here because I kind of like every song that they do. And nice. I like that they both get like equal time to shine. Like they're Courtney sure. sings yeah, yeah, yeah. some solo songs pretty much. And he just does some backup and vice versa. But I would say she sings even a little bit more than he does at times. Yeah. I only listened to it the once this morning, but yeah, I think I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I love the track over everything. Um, yeah. 
Good opener. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, it's just about like solitude and diving into your craft, uh, which I appreciate. Um, Let It Go is great. It really shows their interplay mm-hmm. really well, I think. Um, and uh, are you familiar with Jason Molina and like Songs Ohio, Magnolia Electric Company? Sort of. Sort yeah. of. Because the track uh, Fear is Like a Forest, which is a cover of a Jen Kohler song, which was Courtney's partner Um, for years. I do not believe they're together anymore. She had a pretty good record, too, if I remember. I think I've not checked her. I think I own it in California. Heard. Gotcha. Um, This song felt like it had like the swagger, like feel of a Jason Molina track. Cool. uh, Which I really connect with um, because I love that shit. Um, like I said, out of the woodwork is like so much smokier here and they change, uh, one lyric, uh, on the original track, it says a drowning flower caught my eye and I had to come up for air. And on this, they say a drowning spider caught my eye and I had to come up for air. Hmm. I don't, I don't know why I caught that, (laughs) but I did. Uh, and I like, I like the change. Um, continental breakfast. Is a nice it's track. A solid one. That one yeah. is currently stuck in my head. It just, it's so, that's what I like about Kurt Vile, that he does these very like rhythmic, repetitive riffs. Uh, like that Bass Ackwards song I mentioned is like nine minutes long. And it, to me, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> to someone else who's not vibing with it, I'm sure they feel every yeah, minute yeah. of it. But it's just like this really repetitive riff repetitive uh not lyrics because he does that meandering kind of observational lyrics as well but yeah it's the same melody like over and over and it just it just works cool i might dig that it's very meditative sweet um uh i noted a lyric in blue cheese that i never caught before is that he doesn't fully say it but he says he's creaming in his jit and then he stops (laughs) saying it but he was about to say he's creaming in his jeans yeah. <laughs> weird yeah it's very weird uh yeah no. <laughs> and the song is called blue cheese I don't know, it's <laughs> yeah it's gross weird weird visuals there look yeah. up the lyrics to blue cheese they are uh they're something and it <laughs> they were making me laugh um peeping tom on the record is also a uh old kurt vile song Okay. So they did an old Courtney song and an old Kurt Vile song. Um, but they also changed the name of this one, which it was originally called uh, Peeping Tomboy. Now it's just called Peeping Tom. Nice. Um, and that is from his album Smoke Ring for My Halo. Um, and then I think the track Untogether really wraps things up. Yeah. Super nicely. Besides... Yeah. uh over everything and continental breakfast i thought on script was really good too and mm. felt a lot different yeah musically it kind of had that little spacier sort of thing going on and uh yeah. i really dug it and i think it was mostly courtney i don't know there might be I some think that one, in it too yeah. but i think it felt like a solo courtney song yeah that one definitely feels like if i remember correctly i also got to appreciate kurt and courtney yeah it's good it's yeah. good shit it's right there i, I don't what know what came first i didn't see <laughs> Like the the idea to do this or if yeah. like. I didn't see that mentioned anywhere. Yeah. Interesting. 
I didn't think about it until you <laughs> really? brought it up. And I didn't see that mentioned anywhere. Yeah. I definitely thought about it when the album came out. So she's got to murder him. <laughs> I guess just so, like yeah. reality. What did, what did Courtney Love say to Kurt Cobain before she shot him? You told me this. I forget the punchline, but I know that it has to do with hole. <laughs> Hole's going to be huge. There we go. <laughs> uh, uh, so box. Everything ties back to Weatherbox because That's he right. said that joke on stage. So good. And I will never forget it because <laughs> it was a mix of people like me laughing and people groaning at the same time, really. Hell yeah. It was wonderful. Uh, and then just the next year... Courtney releases another solo album called Tell Me How You Really Feel in 2018 via Mom and Pop, Milk, and Marathon Artists. Uh, this is my favorite Courtney Barnett record. Okay. That's my hot take. I can see that to you. It might be my second. I would do I, the first LP first probably just for nostalgic purposes and this probably would be second. I really like the darker tone. Yeah. Of this a lot. There's a uh, a real pissed off song on here too. The I'm not your mother. I'm not your bitch. Yeah. Hell yeah. That one rules. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, videos that they shot um, performing several songs from this album in Piedmont Park? Here. Yeah. Oh no. It came out around the time that this album came out. Um, hopefulness, hopefulness, the opening track. Yeah, one of the best. Yeah, they do. They shoot it. Um, you know, like where the lake is, and there's the like dock yeah. or whatever. They shoot it like on what that dock. The fuck. Yeah, it's really cool video. Why? I don't know. <laughs> what? I don't know what her She's connection Australian. is to Atlanta Why? or Piedmont Park, but uh, they shot like I think four songs. Uh, here, yeah, it's awesome. What? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, seeing that, and then I'm not going to say that that made me want to move out here, but it made me want to visit first. And I was like, hey, it's pretty, uh, pretty cool looking park. Yeah, it ain't a bad spot, man. Piedmont Park's pretty cool. And yeah, damn, I love that. I got to look up those videos. I love that song. Uh, yeah. yeah I, that was my first note is that I love immediately how hopefulness, uh, you're like, oh, I'm in for a different kind of Courtney Barnett record. This yeah. is a little darker. This is a little, this is when the lyrics shift for me of being a little, less meandering they're still like rambly there's still a lot of them yeah. uh but they are they feel more focused mm -hmm. they feel a lot more focused um which i connect to um city looks pretty is i guess probably the big song from here it's the big single so. yeah. at least um but it rules uh and i love the transition like about halfway through yeah, when it, yeah. when it gets more organy or like synthy, I, yeah. it sounds like an organ, but it might be a synth. Yeah. I think it was this tour that I saw her on, um, in LA at the Fox theater where she had more than like just the three of them. I think oh, there was like cool. five or six people on stage. When I, I feel like it was three of them when I saw him with the national, I feel like okay. it was a really small yeah. group if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but yeah, the, the production on this record really stood out to me. I felt there was a lot going on yeah. subtly that I really enjoyed. Uh, city looks pretty is one of the first that I noticed that with those organ or synth keys, um, charity. I pulled a quote about that song. Um, 
saying, uh, she said, I wanted to call that song Cropping Out the Sadness, almost like Instagram, cropping out the bad bits of our lives. It was a joke from Portlandia, but I didn't want to steal it. I just thought it was the funniest sentence. It's refusing to acknowledge the true circumstances of the situation. Nice. thought that was a funny oh, little yeah. anecdote. Gotta love a Portlandia reference. I don't understand why she didn't want to steal it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure uh, Fred Armisen and them would probably be flattered. Yeah, I don't, uh, I would not be surprised if they, her, not her, if Fred and um, Carrie are uh, not, like they, I would be surprised if they're not into Courtney Barnett. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Need a little time is a, is a bop. Yeah, a little, a little more mellow, a little more chill, but very good song. Need a little time now. Oh, so good. And yeah, this is when I, when I noted, uh. I just love when it opens up after that little chord. Oh, it's so yeah. good. I think uh, her voice probably gets a little like traditionally better here. Maybe a little less mumbly, a little less yeah. monotone uh, I love on this it. record, but still. I feel like she goes for it a little more. She feels more a little more confident. Just more confident. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it, and it works really, really well. I also really do well. love just the Australian accent. It doesn't, it's not yeah. like so pronounced that it's like, can I be honest? That you can't make words out, but it it's still pretty good. Accents, when they're still speaking English, this is awful. Uh, there are certain bands, I don't think I want to name them, that are Australian. Sure. There's one that I'm thinking of that their accent annoys me and I can't listen to them. <laughs> okay. And they're an Australian band. Huh. Yeah. And it's bad. I'll tell you off air. I don't want to dog them. They're not a, I'll, a hint. They they broke up. They're not a band anymore. Okay. Um, I love King Giz. I love Courtney Barnett. Nice. Uh, there's plenty of, I'm sure, other Australians, but there is one where it's like, oh, nar. Like, it's like the joke accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like to me, and I can't handle it. It's it's not my thing at all. Um, yeah, that's, cancel me, you woke moralists. <laughs> <laughs> um my favorite track on the album uh is Nameless Faceless, I think. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh the chorus, I wanna walk yeah, she's just like she's going for it here. Mm-hmm. I wanna walk through the park in the dark. Uh men are scared that women will laugh at them. I wanna walk through the park in the dark. Women are scared that men will kill them. And then it ends with um I hold my keys between my fingers. Go on, tell me you're just kidding. He said, she said, nameless, faceless. Eesh. Yep. Heavy shit. Yeah. Very real. And the, she wasn't really singing about that type shit a couple yeah, albums true. back. Yeah, a little, a little more <laughs> observational, but not really, uh, I don't know, maybe not message heavy. Yeah. Not that this is heavy message, but it's, it, it's, it's a little blunt. But it's blunt. I, I think it's good. It's, uh, it's touching on more broad rather than the very personal observ smaller observations i yeah. would say um you already noted i'm not your mother i'm not your bitch great song that's it's almost like is that under two minutes long uh yeah it's minute 50 yeah 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 it's in and out and it's perfect length it's great i love a short ass song um help yourself to me is a late album standout yeah, I really same. like that song a lot. Um, and I think Sunday Roast is a really uplifting ending for a more darker record. Yeah, 
For sure. Thought it was a nice uh, little bow on everything of being like, you know, I I was heavy, but it's going to be all right. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I really reconnected with this record. Nice. on this listen so it that was nice uh and it made me to looking look forward to things take time take time because that's one that i thought <laughs> that i didn't know at all uh but i knew a lot more than i did yeah um so you own kurt and courtney and then this one i own and the double double, double EP. ep that's right the double yeah. ep kurt and courtney and tell me how you really feel nice and you own Sometimes them, I, I guess, sit besides Kurt and Courtney. All of them except Kurt and Courtney. Kurt and Courtney. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what it is, right? We can uh we'll just call it Sid and Nancy. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so things take time, take time. Uh released November twelfth, twenty twenty one. So another pretty quick turnaround for an album. Pandemic album. Pandemic, yeah. Uh, I got pandemic in there to uh it's also stretch the shortest. Out the time a little bit. Shortest as well. Yeah. yeah. 34, um, roughly 34. Milk, mom and pop records, marathon artists, which seems like standard. Seems like marathons and all of them as well. As of this year, though, Milk is no more. Oh, really? She, she, I believe it may have to do with the dissolution of her relationship because they had the label together. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she released that instrumental soundtrack or whatever. Yeah, I um, need to check that out. I think it just came out this week. I think on vinyl it may have come out this week, okay, but it yeah, came yeah. out like a week or two ago digitally. I still haven't seen the documentary. Yeah, I think Anonymous it's, a, but I, the doc is about her, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because it's one of her songs. Um, uh, but that is the last Milk release. Oh, interesting. And then they're done. Huh. So I, I learned that through the research I gotta, for this. I got to pick that one up. I did not uh, pre-order that one. I've not checked it out yet. Uh, Hannah checked it out because she was really excited for a new Courtney Barnett album and had no idea that it wasn't a new Courtney Barnett album in the traditional sense. And yeah. it was just like, uh-uh, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not into it. And yeah. I was like, I'm assuming it was probably kind of ambient, very chill. She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, no, I'll probably dig it. Yeah. I, I was a little was less expecting. excited about it for that reason too. I haven't really listened to anything from it yet, but I'll probably pick it up anyway just for... uh Completion, Com- completion. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah, if you want to dive in, you, I think you know this a little bit better. You also have it pulled out. Is it a cool looking vinyl? Uh, it's like a baby blue looking vinyl. Okay. Um, so it's like, I like the cover, cover, cover right there yeah. on the cover. Yeah, it's nice. got different splotches of blue on the it's cover. It's a gatefold with all the lyrics gatefold, on the inside. All the lyrics are like handwritten on the nice. inside. Um, Does she have good handwriting? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or whoever, yeah. whoever wrote it. Could be, I always, could be a little better, but I like the way it looks. I've I gotten a lot of like heavy, I'd probably say more grind or like hardcore where the lyrics are in the gatefold like that. And they're like illegible. <laughs> and I'm like, why the fuck? What's the point yeah. <laughs> of doing this? I can't even read and it. They write the lyrics in two metal to read font too. Yeah. Well, I guess they're, that's just how they're born, baby. <laughs> they're two metal to breathe. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ray street uh, opens the album as a uh, pretty, Pretty solid track. Um, I really like the chorus of that song. Yeah, same. Um, I'll just mention my my favorites. Uh, Before You Gotta Go is probably my favorite. Uh, it might be... I wrote, that is the hit, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's I also like pretty one. repetitive. And there's like maybe two parts that kind of just repeat. Yeah. 
Um, but it's super catchy, really good. Uh, I saw her on this tour, uh, the tour for this album as well in Atlanta yeah. at the Eastern. Um, and it was great. I that think was she your first show last. at the Eastern, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I still haven't been. Hannah's been, but it's pretty cool. Nothing, nothing I've been going to see is going through there right now. So yeah, I think I'm seeing Cannibal Corpse there now that I say that out oh, loud. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't know they were playing there. That's wild. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's at Hell the yeah. Eastern. Yeah. That's cool. That'll be, that'll I, be interesting. I may go see Broken Social Scene there. I Anna's going. Hannah's going. Yeah. And I think Explosions in the Sky is playing soon too, hmm. which would be fun to see. That would be cool. Uh, I've got two of their records in the collection. Nice. Uh, yeah, before you got to go, like I said, it's a, it's a hit. It's great. Kind of reminds me of a little older, uh, Courtney Barnett stuff. Kind of, it's not as, um, mellow or as somber as depressed in, but I don't know, sort of reminds me of the sort of slower, um, Courtney Barnett songs. Turning mm. Green. Love uh, Turning Green. Turning Green is great. And, uh, write a list of things to look forward to. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, good song I had. I didn't really look up. A lot of the lyrics just because uh, I don't really pay attention to lyrics a lot of times. And the ones that I do really like from the early albums, I kind of know not off the top of my head, but there's a lot of lyrics that I already kind of kind of know. But there was uh, one verse here um, that I liked quite a bit. Uh, where is it here? Uh, Sit beside me, watch the world burn. We'll never learn. We don't deserve nice things and we'll scream self-righteously. We did our best, but what does that really mean? Yeah. Really dug that. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. This whole song is like four verses and it's, it's short. I, yeah. I really dug, uh, the change ups on this record. She has some program drums that come in on yeah. the first note that I have of them is on Sunfair sundown. Uh, and it just felt like a really welcome change in what she's done. But I mean, it's yeah. out of necessity for sure because of the fucking pandemic, but um true you know what i never really thought about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because that was the only change that i really noted like you could definitely tell it's still a corny barnett record it's yep. not like i said some of the songs are a little shorter maybe not as much distortion not as riffy in parts but uh yeah electric drum set was kind of the only thing i noted like yeah it's the only like real tangible change other than like you can just call it stripped back but then you're like it's 2021 this was recorded during the pandemic that's yeah. why this would be a very different, and I'm sure, did it sound different live? Did she have a full kit and shit or was um, it? Like before you got to go, it kind of opens with like the more electronic part. Then yeah. it goes into real drums. They played it that way too. Okay, so the gotcha. drummer had like, you know, some pads that he was playing. Um, well, that's cool. It translated really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also noted, uh, did you say if I don't hear from you tonight? Uh, no. Uh, that's that's, a, one, that's a big one that uh, I know Hannah and I both really like. I like Courtney Barnett because of Hannah. She got me into Courtney Barnett. Um, sure. yeah, so yeah. she is very connected to my lovely wife and my marriage. Yeah. So specifically that Kurt Vile, Kurt and Courtney album. Um, just yeah. remind, like we listen to that while playing Scrabble often. That's one of the easy, like we don't know what to listen to. Let's throw on a Courtney Barnett, a Kurt Vile, or the Courtney Barnett, Kurt Vile album. Nice. Because uh, we're never, neither of us have ever been like not in the mood for them. They're just very easy yeah. to throw on, very neutral ground for both of us. Um, I do think my my standout track from Things Take Time is uh, Turning Green, but Before You Gotta Go uh, is in the running. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I really, I thought again that I didn't know things take time and I 
didn't like nobody really hyped this album when it came out. Yeah. It kind of was it wasn't a dud because like everyone still likes Courtney Barnett, but <clears throat> it wasn't there wasn't like a buzz that I felt around it. And like sure. Hannah and I didn't really talk about it and sitting with it. I'm like, it's a good, al- it's a really good album. It is. Yeah. I yeah. would say it's my least listened to probably just a, because it's the newest and B just, I don't know. Maybe I just, I just don't think about it as much, but then I put it on like, there's some really good songs. Good. Here still, so, Here's yeah. the thing is another one that I noted. I love the dreaminess of that one. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know this, uh, this and tell me how you really feel were the like surprises to me. I knew that I like tell me how you really feel, but it just been so long that I kind of forgot how much of a tonal shift it felt like. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. And then this one honestly reminded me in some ways of Laura Jane Grace's pandemic album that we'll get to eventually called stay alive because that is um, a Steve Albini produced pandemic record that also utilizes a lot of program drums. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. If I had uh, any like critiques or complaints, I would say that maybe some of the songs start to feel a little more like singles, you know, like uh, for radio or something. Uh huh. I can feel that. It's like 10% more than like the other songs. You know, it's like, yeah, it's such a small change that it doesn't really bug me. But yeah, sometimes it'd be cool to like, you know, have which probably harder to do in the pandemic, but it'd be cool to get a little more jammy, mm-hmm. a little more distortion, a little more noise. Bring back the seven minute song. Jam it yeah, out, baby. You know. I I have a feeling that that may happen with, with like next proper solo album. She's, yeah. she's back revitalized. She's single. <laughs> True. She's got a fire in her belly, yeah. baby. She's going to need to do a seven and a half minute solo <laughs> jam, baby. I think turning green, actually the, second half of that song actually does get kind of it does it rules yeah yeah. it rules it's still there um yeah i had a really good time sitting with what i was a little worried would be a little daunting wasn't uh it this was quite easy to get through all of her stuff i had a i had a really good time with it hell yeah same uh and now for something completely different (laughs) we are rewinding the clock uh back to 2005 Released via Victory Records. Ooh, remember Victory Records, baby? Mm-hmm. I believe they've come up on here before. Uh, we are doing the self-titled Bayside album. Ooh, I can hear the applause already. <laughs> Randy, any history at all with Bayside? Not really, no. I think I recognized one chorus from this album. But I know, you know, they were around when I was listening to other Victory Records bands like, I don't know. Was the chorus from Devotion and Desire? I think Montauk. Really? Inter- it familiar, interesting. But maybe it just sounded like something that else that I'd heard before that also kind of sounds like that. Because, you know, a lot of Victory Records bands kind of sound similar. There's definitely yep. a style that they kind of went for during this time. And I don't know, just a lot of riffs and stuff that kind of sounds very of the era so true true uh this is the only bayside record i know this is the only bayside record i care about uh i technically listened to the two records after this and owned one of them i don't remember any of that shit uh this is the only one that i own on vinyl um the others were on cd and i i i know like every word to this <laughs> really? album it was 
I knew it was going to happen, but it like happened. And I was like, fuck man. Like I listened to this a lot back in the day. Um, it still goes pretty hard. I got to say, uh, I had a really good time with it, but does it hold up by like 2023 production and songwriting and lyrical standards? Uh, not really. Uh, it's definitely, um, I wrote in all caps. So fucking dramatic. Yeah. Uh, so it's really whiny and very much friend zone type guy situation, which is funny because on genius, that's pretty much the note on like half the songs is this is a song about a guy being in the friend zone. <laughs> Just like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Uh, but I had, I, it's fun. Sure. <laughs> How did you feel about it, Randy? It was fine. Like I said, I was, uh, I was able to sort of, you know, tap into my, uh, my tw- 2005 era and notice that, you know, it might not hold up for me because I never listened to Bayside. This is, again, I never really thought about it too much, but there are so many bands that you are much more familiar with. Yes. Being just from the east side, east coast of the country. That's true. Because like a lot of Victory Records bands, the first one that came to mind was Atreyu. Ah, yes. And they're from LA. Okay. So it's like, even though they were on the same label and I'd heard of Bayside, like I know the name, I just, they never came across me for whatever reason. Uh, So it's another, just one of those things too, that just, I never realized being on the West Coast, like I, even big bands I didn't listen to. Yeah, so for, yeah, Victory for me, I would think Bayside or Between the Buried and Me or Amir, uh, which is Amir has a lyric about Bayside on one of their songs (laughs) where he goes, I, I still cry to the Bayside CD every day. Cool. (laughs) Oh, it's not. It's so not. And somehow his lyrics got worse. Uh. The this album, so the hard times, the website, the hard times has been going through and ranking every band you can think of's discography, right? And they did Bayside in April of this year, and they ranked this album as the best Bayside record. <laughs> cool, and I stand with them, but I would oh, like yeah. to read their little blurb to defend myself for this trash that we're about to talk about. Cause it is, it's pretty trashy. <clears throat> Go ahead and tell us we need to grow up. Accuse us of ranking on nostalgia, right? She's not coming back, bro. In the comments, we don't care. Bayside's 2005 self-titled album is 40 minutes of no skip anthems that continue to stand the test of time. Put yourself in a room of a thousand people in their 30s and 40s screaming the words to don't call me peanut and try telling us the world isn't full of melancholic beauty. But seriously, all sappy shit aside, this album is quintessential Bayside in every conceivable way. Sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I really love the sure. not for me you know it's like it's like neil breen probably which we'll find out later you're just the whole 90 minutes tomorrow you're gonna just be going sure (laughs) all right sure um the the i think there was only one single from this album and it was definitely the hit is devotion and desire so that's why i'm surprised that's not the one that you know the chorus for um because yeah the 
how could I know that everything you say are lies about devotion and desire? That's the chorus. Is that a grammatically correct sentence? I don't know. It sounded weird, but. How could I know? How could I know that everything? How could I know that everything you say are lies? It doesn't sound good to say it. (laughs) I actually noticed that a few times in their lyrics because I sat with all of them because I distinctly remembered there being some misogynistic shit in here, uh, which there is. uh, they don't say like horror or anything, which I was surprised about. <laughs> I really, I the, thought they probably does. Oh, oh, they say harlot. They say it all. Uh, but they also, the, have we not talked about Amir's lyrics on here? Uh, I want to watch you suck so. his dick. Oh, I think that has come up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, now that I hear it again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't catch any uh, like slut shamey words. There was definitely shamey lyrics, uh, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of you're saying things to get out what you want to say, but it doesn't make any sense when you like read it back type of deal. Yeah, um, yeah the uh, Biggest thing that I remember they stood out for back then, and I definitely tapped into now, is that for they're they're essentially a pop punk band that plays that sings that style over more like metal or hardcore inspired riffs. Yeah, I was trying to come up with like what the what the genre is because I was yeah. like it's emo i guess it's, but it's emo. also like, kind of heavy at times too it's heavy but it's really catchy vocally uh i mean d- your mileage may vary but uh it's very hooky but over heavy chuggy riffs and yeah. like they've got chops they can do some solos and shit uh like tortures of the damned is a good example of just like the chugs and shit and devotion and desire is you can put the actual riff there instead of me doing that uh, or both. Why not? <laughs> um, uh, it's it, that's what stood out for me back then was just how tonally and their influences were on their sleeve in such a different way from a lot of other bands sure, of this yeah, time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even really know why this album specifically <laughs> I latched on to back then and none of their others. This is their second album. Uh, never listened to the first one. I listened to the third and fourth and don't remember them and then dropped off. So... I don't know. This is just a weird drop in the bucket of my musical uh, history. Uh, back in the day, Blame It on Bad Luck was my favorite. Is there any standout for you here? Because otherwise. <laughs> Not really. No, okay. I, I, I kind of breezed through it while I was cooking That's this morning. fair. That is fair. Uh, okay, then I'll dive in. Uh, Will Be Okay uh, is... Wait, I thought this happened earlier, so kind of relief. Also, if I'm distracted, it's because I'm going through the Hard Times uh, website because I believe that, um, so I know for sure that my friend Senny uh, knows one of the people that started Hard Times mm. and she's a photographer and I believe they used uh, a photo that I am in on one of their websites <laughs> oh. or on one of their articles. 
So you gotta you gotta dig through all of their articles. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> Sorry, I just gotta do this in the middle of record. <laughs> I just I gotta see. I can multitask. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> uh, will be okay is the first like real. It's not the first instance of icky lyrics, but it's the first like blatant with the chorus being "We'll be okay." We both got what we want. I got sex. You got fame. <laughs> Who used who now that you've got all new friends, but they don't know your name? You know what? That did stand out when I was listening to it this morning. I didn't bother to look it up or anything, but I was like, I think that's what it said. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a really dumb, petty song. Uh, I don't really care for that one very much, (laughs) uh, in all honesty. Um, But it also seems like, like it's icky, but at the same time seems like, a little bit about regret. I'm not going to give them that much of a benefit of the doubt there. Uh, the first violent song toward women on here is uh, Existing in a Crisis, Evelyn, which has the lyrics, uh, I'm so tired of the stupid games you play. If I sat outside, would you come watch me wait? If I had a gun and shot it at your face, would you promise not to get out of the way? <laughs> Pretty cool, right? If you happen to be able to avoid my first attack, I'll put a knife against your throat and cut an inch for every time I lost my self-control. And you made me do the things I did at night when I got home. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, and the chorus is, there's so much about lying on here. He has been, this man has been lied to. Evelyn, I know you lied, but I'll tell you that I'm alive for the first time and I'm begging you to leave here now. I'm begging you to stay away from me. I know you lied, but I'll tell you that I'm alive for the first time and I'm begging you to leave here now. I'm begging you to die painfully. Like I said, fucking dramatic. Uh, Lyrically, it doesn't hold up. These are all burned into my brain. I know these songs so... Well, hey, lyrically, it would hold up in court if you murdered somebody, maybe. It'd be good. Well, they're doing that with rap lyrics. Are they? Yeah, they're trying to use rap lyrics as like evidence uh, of yeah, illegal yeah. activity. So if yeah. Anthony Rainey, I think that's his name, ever gets charged for a crime <laughs> for moita or domestic abuse. Hey, read the fucking Bayside lyrics. They're not very nice. I mean, the uh, singer of As I Lay Dying tried to uh, pay, pay a hitman to murder his wife or something, right? Yeah, but he's back at it, baby. They're on tour now. <laughs> nice. He got out of jail. Get out and, there and support uh, As I Lay Dying, folks. Yeah, they have a new album out. Go support As I Lay Dying. They were the third concert that I ever saw. Tight. It was... Uh, I can't remember the very first band, but it was Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, As I Lay Dying, and Under Oath. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and there was another band, but I'm blanking on it. Um, a standout of the time, not a standout in terms of um, enjoyability, just something to note, is Don't Call Me Peanut, which is the acoustic track on the album. And I'm pointing it out because uh, every album of this time had a random ass acoustic song. They just did. Yeah. Uh, But this one is not nearly as grating and annoying as say like Emily by from first to last. Sure. You know what I'm talking about? There's no one in. Yeah. It's so, Oh God, it's a lot. Um, 
So what I was happy about was that this did not do that. But then I looked up the G I looked up the lyrics on genius and read the note and they're like, this song's about being in the friend zone. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Just every song. <laughs> like what the hell though? Reading the lyrics, you're like, yeah, this is yeah. About being in the friend zone. Uh, cause he's like, uh, I have, uh, I may have your heart. He has your body. I did hear that too. Actually. I, it yeah. makes it makes me want to punch myself in the dick. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's so cringy. It's Indeed. so bad. And then the album ends with "Dear Tragedy," which is the most violent song <laughs> on the album, which has the line. Uh, <sighs> I'm never waking up again, so I'll never have to find out what you did. Each day it's harder to pretend that your eyes aren't lying as much as your mouth did. Lying again. I'll grab you by I'll grab your head by your hair and hack it off. Put it on display at the front of the yard on a stick that's decorated with a little pink bow and a sign that says her friends and family should have taught her more about love. Jesus. Like <laughs> like what the fuck? That's the opening verse. <laughs> And the chorus is, dear tragedy, I never had anybody, but being alone wasn't half as bad as being obsessed with a breath taker, a smile faker. These years alone have eaten me alive. Right. What a little bitch. <laughs> and this is, and I like time. this album. <laughs> I'm not recommending it. When they wrote this? Oh, e- easily. I'd say like 22, maybe. Yeah. He was, he had to be, please God, let him have been a child thing at this time because there is no fucking what, how old is he now? This album came out in 2005. Anthony Ranieri, Ranieri, that's his last name. He's 41 now. So he, in 2005, yeah, he was young. Yeah. We'll just put it at that. We can't do math. I can't do math. Someone's yelling the number at us right now. <laughs> yeah. um, Nerd. Nerd. Yeah, you fucking nerd who can do math. Uh, I do enjoy, let me say, the because I realize I just kind of dogged on this album that I like. Uh, Half a Life is a standout for me. That's the second to last track. I do like that one. Uh, it's got a good flow to it. A lot of this production reminded me of that uh, From Here to Infirmary Alkaline Tree album we covered. Okay, yeah. Um, very similar feeling very different approaches um alkaline is much better in my opinion but agreed uh yeah this was this was very enlightening for the stuff that was going on back then in terms of lyrics and whatnot it did make me remember that one of the victory records dvds that i got that came with a cd had uh they always had one of their bands hosting like the music video segment that's what the whole dvd was was music videos and they would have on this for instance they had jt woodruff of hawthorne heights uh hosting the segments between the videos and all i remember is this like half his eyes are like half open and he's introducing an atreyu music video he's like so this next video is a Treyu and 
they got a bunch of porn stars to be in this video. And that's <laughs> fucking cool. And then the video goes on. I'm like, Jesus. Even back <laughs> then, cool. I was just like, God damn it. Like, this is so bad. So that's like really, we. I didn't know like the true heyday of Victory Records. I knew like the the new wave of Victory with like Atreyu and all of that yeah, shit. same. I didn't know like the actual punk and hardcore days of victory um, with what, like ringworm and all of that shit. I think I eventually started learning about those bands and listening to them like pretty early on in my victory days, but same with you. I probably first couple things is like, yeah, Atreyu and Aiden. Never listened to them, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of other terrible bands that I listened to. Aiden is dog shit. Uh, I liked them a lot back in the day. There's this band called June that was on there. Uh, I feel like they were kind of like, I don't even know. I don't, what is this music? (laughs) There was so much music that just came out. Yeah. Action Action was a band on the label that I'm remembering. Don't know that Off the top of my head. Voice That's Fire? Okay. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Who else is, you got a list up. Come on. (laughs) Catch 22. Is that a ska band? I think. That was Streetlight Manifest. That's what. Streetlight Manifesto was okay before becoming Streetlight Manifesto. I think uh, Comeback Kid, who I loved back oh, in the day, Wake yeah. the Dead. That I have got that record. Solid we will album. be that's yeah. a great victory record. Uh, Darkest Hour, which I think we mentioned yes. last time too. Earth Crisis, not a huge fan, but they were okay. Vegan Domination, baby. Yeah, uh, Funeral for a Friend. I liked them back in the day. Hatebreed. I love some hate Blind albums. spot for me. Okay. Blind spot for me. No Innocent Victim, which I think was a Christian band too, if <laughs> I remember correctly. Yeah. Silverstein, who I definitely oh, listened to, but I'm sure would not hold up. I love Silverstein. And no, they don't. It's it's really annoying. A lot of it. Yeah. The production on that shit's terrible too. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's awful. I don't think I've listened to it for 15, 20 years, something like that. They, uh, well, they are still putting out albums, so I check in. They're Canadian. They're allowed to. <laughs> the government pays for that shit. Oh, uh, true. Or something. They yeah. get grants or something. Yeah, I think one of the Courtney Barnett's albums specifically says, like, paid for or partially by, like, grants from Australia, arts, whatever. Must be fucking nice. Cool. Yeah, I know. Must be nice to uh, get, get money for. Yeah, but apparently music, the yeah. housing crisis in Australia is horrendous right now really yeah i've been for some reason i know about that you know about australian real estate dude i know about the renting crisis sure the renting crisis and uh did uh us rich americans go over there and ruin their economy we airbnb'd it uh no it's pretty much just i mean it's kind of like here it's just like everything's way too expensive and what you're getting is like a shithole <laughs> yeah and it's just like yeah, it's terrible. I mean, I live in San Francisco. I know, uh, I know the know the feeling. Oh yeah. Well, Randy's favorite of the bunch was Bayside. I would say my favorite of the bunch was probably a Courtney Barnett album. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, tell me how you really feel. Uh, it was probably my favorite listen because it was the most rewarding. Uh, it was the it, I got the most out of that. Um, but the one that I'll probably listen to again first is the Kurt and Courtney record. That'll probably end up on the player again before yeah. any of the others. Um, Bayside, I will not be getting rid of uh, because it is 
I kill nostalgia and I'm keeping it for nostalgic reasons. Yeah. Uh, I did not have a bad time listening to it, <laughs> even though I was cringing a lot being like, God damn, yeah. dude, this is rough. That's um, a, uh, I don't know, a, a good perspective to have, I think though, or a good mindset yeah. because I, I feel like I am also not super nostalgic with some of the things from certain periods of my life. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I wonder if there's some things that I could I can listen to. And, I like, own. We'll get have there. Both feelings. I own a from first to last record. Uh, it's not the one with Emily. It's the one after that. In my mind, is I had that on compact disc. You had the first the from first to last. Dear album. Diary. My teenage Danks has a I body so. count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the name of that shit. Uh, Dare Diary. Yeah, I still have it on compact disc because I haven't gotten rid of any of mine. I got rid of mine. I had it on. I had it as well. Um, but I have Heroin, their album after that one, uh, on vinyl. And I remember really liking it still to this day, though I know there is a song on there lyrically that is gross, uh, that I do not like. That okay. Even back in the day, I was like, I don't, what are you talking about here? Huh. It's grody. We'll get to it when we get to it. But, and you're a big Skrillex guy too, right? Huge. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Huge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I actually, the in-between of him quitting from first to last and before he became Skrillex, he did release solo material as himself, Sonny Moore, uh, and would not hold up today. But I really uh, actually dug that. And hmm. then when he did Skrillex, I was like, no thanks. Not into this. Yeah. Uh, I had a incredibly brief dubstep phase <laughs> where I liked like three artists at like four songs each where I was like these are cool and then after that I was out hard huh. out uh Nick buddy Nick okay yeah, uh, yeah, huge sense. into that shit uh in his in his defense he was into it before it exploded uh like amongst our social circles and shit yeah. So he got very irritated when it blew up and he was like, you guys are listening to the awful shit. Like I've already cycled through this. Like this is the shit you, you need to listen to the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so kudos to him. He was ahead of the curve on dubstep. Hell yeah. Uh, Cause he was listening to it in high school and it blew up in college. So okay. for us, our timeline. Yeah. Um, Nick's a good hang too, having only hung out with him a couple of times. And although he didn't like the new Paul Schrader film, <laughs> Good dude. He's got some opinions that are uh, out there for sure. He wants yeah. to start a cult uh, somehow. Cool. He'll figure Let's it do out. It. Yeah. I'm in. You're in? Yeah, I need something new, you know? That's fair. I don't know. Well, you didn't even hear what it is. <laughs> Not true, but you know, <laughs> sign me up. I like that. I think you're going to fit in real well in this cult. <laughs> I think that's for the best. All right, Randy. Uh, any anything else? What have what, what have you been doing otherwise, other than this? Uh, that is a very good question. I don't do a whole lot. Uh, there's some shows coming up on weeknights that I probably won't go to, but mm. I really kind of want to go to. Who I'll in particular? Probably join you to Quicksand whenever that is. Hell yeah! So I haven't bought a ticket yet, but Frankie and the Witch Fingers is playing oh, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty fun, uh, kind of psyche. Uh, jammy sort of band. Uh, Poison Ruins coming before Quicksand. Cool. I'll have to do that too. And that's on a Friday. Yeah, that's so, doable. Yeah. Um, you ever listen to Youth Lagoon? 
Oh yeah, Hannah loves Youth Lagoon. Okay, they're yeah, they're they have a new album out, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think next Monday. Oh, I gotta let her know. Uh, she loves their YL. Uh, it was the album from like I don't know ten years ago or whatever. Yeah, because they hadn't released one in a long time, right? They hadn't. Yeah, him also just reminded me talking about Skrillex. He, year of hibernate the year of hibernation that yeah so he ended up like doing solo stuff that was more like electronic and dancey i believe for like a long time and now he's just now coming back to youth lagoon i listened to the new record and it's pretty good there's some songs i really like and some that are like eh, okay, heaven is a junkyard right i think it'll be cool yeah um oh that album came out this like, year. really recently yeah okay he announced it last year that's it i didn't realize he was on fat possum this whole time yeah. It's a good record label. Uh, but yeah, she loves his uh, The Year of Hibernation, the first Youth Lagoon album, um, a lot. Okay. I'm sure she likes the other ones as well, but uh, we only own The Year of Hibernation, I believe. Oh, nice. I think I've only listened to uh, Savage Hills Ballroom and the new one, so I'll oh, give word. the old one a shot too. Cool. Uh, yeah, I've got this month... Um, I'm seeing Soul Glow on the 27th, but then Poison Ruin is on the 6th. Cannibal Corpse is on the 20th. Quicksand is on the 30th. A lot of shows. Shoo Shoo is November 5th. Uh, yeah. A lot of shows, baby. A lot of shows coming up. I've been listening. Oh, Mary Lattimore. Are you familiar with her? Uh, you mentioned her. Experimental yeah, Harpist. last time I hung out, I think. She's yeah. coming. Um, that would be good. I don't know. I don't have tickets for that, but... Uh, I've been listening to Big Garden outside nice. of this. I've been really enjoying that. Uh, to the Rind is the name of that album. Check them out. Uh, that is Mitch from the band Thou, his uh, other band. Um, they just put out that album, and it's very good. Kind of grungy, big riffs. Uh, check it out. Um, also, Tomb Mold, uh, death metal band, just released their long-awaited new album um today uh cool. as of it'll be a couple weeks uh as of the time you're hearing this but uh really digging the hell out of that uh they uh if you're unfamiliar with two mold get acquainted their new album is called the uh enduring spirit and it picks up where uh they left off and it's been like four or five years since they put out an album so this just dropping is very exciting and nice uh i'm about halfway through it because i was listening to it before i came over here and it is really good hell yeah also just saw that uh i've been itching to get some afi records and a local shop just announced that that they should be getting copies of sing the sorrow in (laughs) soon and i am very excited about that good record i believe that tour is the one that I saw them on where I believe I told you this. I saw them with Throwdown. Right. And a local band from the Bay Area called All Bets Off. That's crazy. Um, and it was Throwdown. It was Did Throwdown headline? Show. No. AFI okay, headline. AFI I headline. think it was, yeah, All Bets Off, Throwdown, and then uh, AFI. Oh. Yeah. It was good. Throwdown with, oh. I believe it was around, yeah, my birthday uh, years and years and years ago. So whenever I mean, that album came out. It does make sense if it was Sing the Sorrow because Sing the Sorrow was their true like transition to yeah, the yeah. big leagues. Uh, so they would have still ha- had their foot firmly in the more punk hardcore world. punk yeah. scene. Yeah. 
especially. I mean, they they are a certified California hardcore punk band from back in the day. Yeah, they sure. they those are their ties. Don't get it twisted. We we say AFI's name with respect in this house. Hell yeah. Uh, I fuck with AFI pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, they actually have on one of their late, late albums, I think it's called Burials. They have this song called I Hope You Suffer that <laughs> fucking rules. Huh. It gets stuck in my head all the time. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to say this definitively because I've not sat with their catalog, but I don't, I'm going to assume I wouldn't love a whole AFI album after Sing the Sorrow. Yeah. Really? But there's definitely some tracks that I still really fuck with. Um, Because even December Underground, I bought on CD when it came out. I was super stoked. Nowadays, it's not. I can't stomach a lot of that. I don't remember it, but yeah, I don't remember it being great. That was his, that was his very swooped, huge eyelashes, very Karen look. Uh, yeah, and it, the music reflected that. And I get it, because, like, I don't know, they're very goth and, like, influenced yeah. by Depeche Mode and shit like that. But it just, when when certain bands try to pull it off, it doesn't always work. Yeah. Uh, like, Ceremony could do it. I was about to mention Ceremony, because Anthony, their guitarist, yeah. also, like, very flamboyant and yeah dresses very kind of uh sort of not as i don't know not exactly like davy havoc but they have sort of a a similar parallel yeah Yeah, they parallel a lot uh and musically i think ceremony just pivoted one more gradually into bed better yeah it made more sense Maybe a little more like Joy Division influence than whatever oh, AFI. 100%. AFI is way more pop yeah. influenced, For whereas sure. Joy Joy Division is like the influence of Sarah. I mean, they're named For after sure. a fucking Joy Division true, song. True. So, um it's on their sleeve. I would say they started L Shaped Man is Joy Division and Spirit World Now is New Order. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is how I would position that. Uh, been listening to a lot of ceremony lately. I, so. I still need to listen yeah. to some of those later albums because I think I fell off after Ronert Park. I love the L shaped man. I have listened to the L shaped man, but it's been like maybe two or three times. I think that might be my favorite ceremony album, which is crazy to say yeah. for a lot of people. Um, yeah, that, they've just been scratching an itch for me. Uh, very good gym music. They're early yes. stuff, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. not, I don't do L-shaped man and shit at the gym. That's too <laughs> downery. Um, yeah. But the early stuff is just so short. It's just such a good blast of, uh, need it. It's good stuff. Very good stuff. Hell Anything yeah. else, Randy? Where can they find us? Where can they send questions and concerns? Uh, yeah, quick thing before we get into that. Uh, I was oh, l- right. listening to a uh, new record from a, another uh, friend from LA, Julie. Her band, June Swoon, uh, A House with Windows Open. Uh, I pre-ordered the record a little while ago and it just came this week. Christian mentioned while I was listening to it that he was very into it kind of. Yeah, the um, tone of it immediately struck me upon walking in. Yeah, so check that out. It's a great, great record. And uh, yeah, just another time for me to brag about talented people that I know. Hell yeah. We'll always try to do that. <sighs> yeah, you could email us at thevinylfloratl at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at The Vinyl Floor Podcast. And Randy, unless you got anything else? I do not.
That's it, y'all. We will talk to you next week.